You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. Okay, we're going, let's look at a few scriptures. I want to share with you on, on how God works, right? Through um, visions and dreams. Because if you are in a state of a deep sleep, something is supposed to be happening, especially if it's divinely induced. Okay? Yeah. If it's divinely induced, it is for a reason. God is trying to accomplish something in your life. And I want us to start by looking at the book of um, Joel chapter 2, verse 28. We read that last week. Let's read it again. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. He says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, have you no- do you notice there he says all flesh? Not on just believers. Correct? I will pour out my spirit upon what? Come on. All flesh. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then he goes down to explain the result of the outpouring of the spirit. When the spirit is poured out... Certain things begin to happen. What is it? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. The gift of prophecy, every believer, let me tell you, every believer can prophesy. You just need to be filled with the Spirit. Some people think prophecy is for prophets. Not according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, every one of us can desire to prophesy. Okay? And when you prophesy, what does it mean to prophesy? In fact, since I've mentioned that, let's just read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And here, this chapter, this is, a, uh, this, is a, this is a great chapter where Paul distinguishes between tongues and prophecy. And some people make the mistake of thinking that all tongues are the same. But the tongues that he's emphasizing here, they're different. If you read this chapter carefully, you'll see that there are different categories of tongues. For example, he makes... He, 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 he says in um, verse 2, he says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Correct? He says, For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So when you are speaking in tongues, you are not speaking to men. 
All right? In the Spirit, you are speaking mysteries, and that word mysteries means divine secrets. So when you speak in a tongue, you are speaking in divine secrets. And that's why you might have heard it said that the devil does not understand. When you speak, because it's a mystery, it's shrouded. God blocks him from understanding what your spirit is saying to the Father. Okay? So that is, that is one aspect of tongues. It is not understood by men. Now, if it's not understood by men, that means it's not understood by Satan. All right? Unless the tongue is a tongue of a, maybe a language that Satan understands. But then, there is another tongue that is different from this. He says, uh, and, and, and we, we will see that... Uh, Okay, let's look at, let's read on. Verse, two say, verse 3 says, But he who, who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Right? He who prophesies speaks what? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. So the basic gift of prophecy has to do with edification. So if somebody is prophesying, it should edify. What does the word edify mean? To build up. So in other words, the words that he's saying should build you up. If it does not build you up, if it destroys you, it's not prophecy. It should build you up. It speaks edification. All right? Exhortation. What is exhortation? Encouragement. So when the word, when, when someone is prophesying, it should encourage you. All right? And then comfort, it should bring comfort to you. That's the basic gift of prophecy, which is available to every believer who will, who will bother to tap into the Spirit. <laughs> yes. So I expect a lot of this to begin to manifest in our midst. Okay? Yeah, so you must expect that as well. Now, verse 4, it says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Himself. Edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So when I'm speaking in tongues, I am building myself. I'm edifying myself. The word to edify is a... It's, it's, it's kind of like when you charge a battery, you know? I mean, you, you, you charge your cell phone, right? Some of you charge your cell phones <laughs> overnight or at least for some hours, right? So what you are doing to that battery is that you are doing what? You are edifying it. Yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we are to use that word. Okay? So when you speak in a tongue, what the Bible is saying there is that when you speak in a tongue, you edify yourself. Your spirit is being charged up, just like your battery, the, 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 your, your, your phone is being charged up. So when it's charged up, guess what? 
you can make many calls. Correct? But if you don't charge it, you forgot to charge it, and then you woke up in the morning, it's on 5%. How far will it take you? Not very far, right? In the course of the day, you just need a few calls and... That's what happens to some people spiritually. Yeah. But when you speak in a tongue, you're charging yourself up. Hallelujah. So your spirit is charged up. And when your spirit is charged up, it is lively. And it is able to receive signals. It is able to um, perceive things. It's able to operate in the spirit. It's able to make contact with God more easily. I find it easier to hear God after I've spent time edifying myself. When I edify myself, I get words of knowledge much more. Is it comes easier. When I edify myself, I'm able to distinguish between my thoughts and the thoughts of God. I don't get confused about God's voice. Why? Because my spirit is charged up. And that's one of the benefits. Okay? But you see here that Prophecy is for the edification of the church. In other words, when we are prophesying, the church is being charged up. Why? In tongues, you don't understand, but your spirit understands. But in prophecy, everybody understands. Correct? Yeah. And that's why they get edified. So, one of the signs of the last days is that when the Spirit is poured out, there's going to be prophecy, lots of prophecy. A lot of people will be operating in this dimension. And it should be normal. Okay? Yes. So, the basic gift of prophecy is different from the office of the prophet. And I don't want to go into that, but it's very, very different. It's like, it's like having like 5% and then 100%. <laughs> yeah. Operating at 5%. But then the office of a prophet is operating at 100%. Or well, should be. So their prophecies carry more authority. They carry more power. Come on. Yeah. They, they, they carry more signs and wonders. Okay? If someone is a prophet. But everybody that prophesies thinks he's a prophet. <laughs> yeah, I, knew, I know few prophets. The number of prophets I know, true prophets, they are, in fact, if I'm to count, I don't, even, I don't even have up to five that I know. Like people who are in the office of a prophet according to biblical terms. But I know people who prophesy. Many, many people who prophesy. And everyone, everyone in the church can prophesy. 
Okay? It's in proportion to your faith, according to Romans chapter 12. You're able to tap into the Spirit. You can flow in that. And that's okay. You don't have to be a prophet, because if you know the process, the making of a prophet, I don't think you want to go through it. <laughs> Many people want to be prophets, but they don't want to go through this, the, the, the making process. And if you study your Bible, most prophets get stoned. Okay, they get killed. Are you ready to be killed? You're not ready? Ha! Huh. Why now? <laughs> yeah. So prophets are not people, not necessarily people that are loved by everybody. Bible prophets are hated. Prophets face a lot of rejection. Pastor Sam, they send assassins to go and assassinate him. That's, that's prophets. <laughs> yeah? You preach something, they want to kill you. Yeah? So, I know there are some people that call themselves prophets of prosperity, but God bless them. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so back to Joel chapter 2, I think... I just went on a, a bit of a, not really a rabbit trail, but, you know, close to. <laughs> Joel chapter 2, verse 28, okay? And I'll, he'll pour out his, he says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall, what? Prophesy. So, expect your children to prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall do what? See visions. I once heard uh, Yonggi Cho, Dr. David Yonggi Cho, say that visions and dreams are the language of God. Yeah, that's what he said. He said visions and dreams are the language of God. So when God is communicating... Part of his communication is visions and dreams. So, if you don't master that area, you will miss what God is saying. You will miss it. Now, if this is going to be sign, part of what he's going to do, 28, he says... Your young men shall dream dream. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Verse 29. Let's read 29. And then he says, And also on my men, men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. What days? This day. This is the day that Joel has been prophesying about. So, if this is the day, I know that there are some theologians who call themselves cessationists. Okay? Cessationists teach that the manifestations of the Spirit have ceased. Yeah. They, ceased, they teach that it has, they've ceased with the last apostles. So, they teach that miracles are not for today. 
Hmm? The gifts of the Spirit are not for today. There are no such things as prophets anymore. Now we only have pastors, teachers, and evangelists. No apostles, no prophets. The last apostle that died was John. So that's what cessation is, believing. And so if you go and read, if you just go through the internet, you just go start reading all kinds, you will bump into some writings that are actually by cessationists. And you, you might not know that these are cessationists who are confused and don't know anything about the Spirit. And they attack the things of the Spirit. And many of God's people have no clue. They just suck everything. And then when they come to church and the Spirit is moving, they start getting suspicious. How many people have come across such content? You don't want to put your hands up. <laughs> Thomas, God bless you. You are the only honest person here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. So, they will tell you things like that. The reason is because of their theological bias. It's not because what they are saying is the gospel truth. Their books are volumes. There are volumes. There are, in fact, I know in ministry that the primary aim is just based on that. And this guy is attacking everybody, attacking everybody. If, if you preach and there's manifestation, there's healing, you, you get added to the list. And if you, if you give a word of knowledge, he get added to the list. If you speak in tongues, you get added to the list. If you, oh my goodness. Yeah. But you see, this is for the last days. And this is the day that God has been talking about. I believe that even God himself is excited about our day. Because there are some things he has held back for our generation. And this is the time he's going to pour out the Spirit in a measure that other generations have not seen. And that's why we're getting you ready for that. Hallelujah. So that you can move in power. Come on. Yes, you can move in power. You will step out and we will reap the harvest of this land. Amen. Supernaturally. But you can't do it if you don't believe in the supernatural. You can't do it if you keep taking all that junk in. Okay? So it's part of, it's one of the signs of the last days. Look at what the Bible says. God is speaking in the book of Numbers chapter 12. In Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, right? They rose up against Moses because Moses married an African woman. And because they were racist, they were angry, they were offended that their brother could go and marry an African. So because of that, they spoke against Moses. Why? The Bible says 
because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. He married an Ethiopian. People that say Africans are not in the Bible. Read your Bible properly. <laughs> yeah. So the wife of Moses was from Africa, and these guys were angry about it. They began to gossip about Moses. Okay? They began to gossip about Moses, and then the next verse, um, they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. So now it gets to a point, sometimes when we, as we go in church, as we grow and we begin to develop, people begin to operate in certain things, certain graces. They now begin to feel that they are, there is uh, equality in terms of rank. Come on. Yeah, you don't, you, you, you don't understand God. Even in the Godhead, there is rank in the Godhead. Is that not so? Yeah, even though Jesus says he and the Father are one, and the Bible makes us believe that they are equal, but there is hierarchy even in their equality. And that's why Jesus says the Father is greater than I. So Christians get confused because they are anointed, they are gifted. They get to a point where they now feel that, come on. Yeah, if you can do it, I can do it too. I mean, you see visions, I see visions. Come on, you hear God, I hear God. But it can be confusing if you don't understand how God operates. And that's what got into these people's head. Because now they are seeing visions. They're hearing God. God is speaking to them. And they say, come on. Is it only Moses that can hear God? I also hear God, man. Right? So that's what they're saying. Has he not spoken through us as well? And the Bible says what? The Lord, what? Heard it. So God is listening when we talk, right? All right. Next verse, look at. Look at what he says. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Can you imagine that? This is the only man in the Bible that has this kind of testimony. Nobody on earth is as humble as Moses. As at the time of this writing. And so the Bible... God is putting that commentary for us to learn something. Okay? So his humility was now taken for weakness. His humility was taken for weakness because Moses will not, he will not force his will. He will not, he, he, he was, in fact, the, the, the King James uses the word meek. And meekness, that means what it means is strength under control. So somebody that is powerful, so powerful, but yet can control himself. Like God. You insult him, he, he just doesn't. Have you noticed that? How many people have said bad things about God before in their life? And how, how come you're still alive? Now, if you were the one... 
you would be history, right? You evaporate. You just make the person evaporate. Not even die. You, you, you become gas. <laughs> yeah. That's how some of us behave. But Moses was not like that. With all the power, the power to subdue a superpower, he had in his hands. The whole of Egypt, he brought Egypt to its knees. Come on. And now these two people are talking nonsense. And Moses just looks. He doesn't say anything. So God now decides to respond. Next verse. Come on. Suddenly, the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. So God didn't say anything. Just come for a meeting. <laughs> come out for a meeting. Yeah. Then verse 5, look. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. So God now came in a cloud. Boom. They could all see. Say, oh yeah. <laughs> Miriam. Yes, sir. Step forward. Aaron, step forward. And Moses is standing looking. Yeah? Now look at what God says. Then he said, hear now my words. Listen to me, you guys, two of you, listen. Okay? He says, if there is a prophet among you, if there is a prophet among you in this nation, I, the Lord, make myself known to him. How? In a vision, I speak to him. How? In a dream. Can you see? So, visions and dreams are part of God's communication. So, they are standing there. If there is a prophet among you, I, Make myself known to him in a vision. And I speak to him in a dream. In other words, he has, there are different types of vision, so it depends. <laughs> he needs to sleep before he can hear certain things. Okay? He needs to be in a state whereby, even if it's a vision, he needs to be in a particular frame of mind before I can speak to him. And then he says, verse 7, But not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. In other words, you guys are not faithful. I'm using you even though you are not faithful. But Moses is not like you. He's faithful in all my house. So the fact that God is using someone, it doesn't mean that it's because we've got it all right. Come on. Yeah. Then look at the next verse. It says, I speak to him. That's Moses. How do I speak to him? Face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. How many people have had a symbolic dream? You have a dream and you are trying to figure out what it means. Yeah, that's a dark saying. Yes. 
He says, I don't, I don't communicate with Moses like that. With Moses, it's face to face. In other words, I just come, stand, and then Moses is standing, and we talk. That's, how, that's our relationship. And that's why I taught you about seeking the face of God. And I hope you're still seeking his face. Don't ever stop seeking his face. All right? It says, Moses, how? He sees the form of the Lord. He sees him. The form. He sees him. He says, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why, we, why didn't you respect my relationship with Moses? Huh? He married, is it your business he married an Ethiopian? How does that concern you? Moses is my friend. For you, you need to go to sleep before you hear my voice. Moses, I just walk up to him and we talk. You're not in the same category. So God quickly made that dis distinction. But the point I really want to emphasize is the fact that God says, if there is a prophet, I speak to him in visions. Huh? I reveal myself to him in visions and I speak to him in dreams. So visions and dreams are part of what God uses to communicate. And there are things that God is going to reveal to you. Hallelujah. Either through a dream or through a vision. And you must be open to that. You need to be open to that. Okay? I know there are some strange things that happen in that realm as well. Because the enemy, Satan, also operates in dreams and visions. As a matter of fact, <laughs> he learns from God. Anything God does, he also tries to do. Now, let me show you another scripture. Let's go to the New Testament. Look at the book of John, St. John's Gospel, chapter 16. Jesus makes a statement here. St. John's Gospel, chapter 16. You see here that one of the things that Jesus said to the disciples. Um, verse 6, it says, John 16, verse 6, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. In other words, Jesus was now telling them, trying to prepare them for his departure. All right? And sorrow filled their heart. And he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, talking, this, the helper he's talking about here is the Holy Spirit. He says, if I go away, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit is not going to come. But if I go, somebody say, if I go. Yeah, he says, if I go, I will send him. Okay? And that gives you an indication of the hierarchy in the Godhead. Who sent Jesus? The Father sent Jesus. Who sent the Holy Spirit? Jesus. Can you send someone? Can you, can you, go, can you send the president? Why not? You don't have that authority. Yes, that's right. So you can only send someone you are above. Correct? Yeah. So that is to tell the hierarchy in the Godhead. 
The Father, Jesus, then Holy Spirit. <laughs> Does it make sense? Yeah. So Jesus says, if I don't go, he will not come. Why? He says, if I depart, I will send him. Then let's read verse 8. Look at some things there. There are some things Jesus is speaking to us in this passage. He says, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, of sin because they do not believe in me. Uh-huh. Of righteousness because I go to, the, to my Father and you see me no more. All right? Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Okay? I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. I have a lot of communication to pass across to you. But right now, you don't have the capacity to receive it, to, to endure it. You remember the Bible says in the last days, people will not endure sound doctrine. There are things that we cannot receive. There are, there are, certain, there are certain conditions we find ourselves in where certain things are told us, you don't receive it. You understand? Yeah. Okay. So, but now look at what he says. He says, however, somebody, somebody say, however. however. I want to hear you. However. however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Underline that, guide. All right. He will guide you into all truth. All right. For he will not speak of his own authority but whatever he hears, he will what? Speak. So number one, he guides. Number two, he speaks. Hallelujah. And he will tell you what? Things to come. This is when the Spirit comes. Remember Joel 2.28? In the last days, I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. So when the Spirit is poured out, there is a lot of guidance. Come on. Yeah, there's a lot of guidance, right? And there is a lot of speaking. Somebody says speaking. Yeah, he will tell you things. So you should be guided by the Spirit. You should be hearing him. It's part of the outpouring of the Spirit. Okay, next verse. It says, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare to you. Let's check that in the NIV. Declare to you. Uh, verse 14. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Hallelujah. Let's see it in the Amplified. Making it known. He will honor and glorify me because he will take, take off, receive, draw upon what is mine. And he will reveal, declare, disclose, transmit it to you. So these are the three things the Spirit is doing. First of all, he guides. Then he speaks. And then he reveals. So, I want you to know that in this day and age, we are in the dispensation where there's going to be abundance of guidance. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, I, I thought you'd be excited about it. Yeah, because this is, a, this is good. You, you are not going to group about in darkness anymore. Because the Spirit is here. Yes, that's what God is doing. And then He'll be speaking. And guess what? He will do it in dreams, in visions. Expect it. Okay? Expect to hear God's voice. There are times I wake up to His voice. Sometimes I'm sleeping and I hear His voice in my dream. Clear. Then I wake up. Boom. Yeah. I got it now. Write it down and I'm not confused. People can say whatever they want to say. I have heard Him. I've heard him. Yes. And sometimes you want to take certain steps. You want to do certain things. And then in a vision or in a dream, he can tell you, don't do that. Remember when Herod wanted to kill Moses? Uh, jo- uh, sorry, to kill Jesus. How did God speak to Joseph? He warned him in a dream. That's what the Bible says, right? He warned him in a dream and told him to go to Egypt. Go to Africa. Leave this Middle East. Go to Africa. (laughs) But it was the Spirit guiding him. Come on. Guiding him in a dream. In a dream. So begin to pay attention to your dreams. Is every dream from God? No. Of course not. Dreams are either from Satan, you, or God. So if you are hyper, your activities, while you are sleeping, the activities are still going on in your dream. (laughs) Then you can have some dreams that are just a multitude of business, according to Ecclesiastes. Dreams come through a multitude of business. But there are divine dreams where God will speak clearly to you. And like I've said to you, every major step I've taken in my life has been a product of either a dream, a vision, or the voice of God. Yeah. I don't just do things because it's a good idea. I don't. Some people do that. God bless them. But for me, I I take it very serious. Especially when it's something major. Obviously, I won't seek God and say, what shoe should I wear today? I know some people do that. That's taking it too far. God give you a brain. Come on, use it. Use your brain. Yeah. But then there are things that you know, if I take this step, there are consequences. It's going to, it will mean something. Then you better seek Him. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to make a decision. I say, oh, well, I don't care. Just do this. You do it. Hmm? It's like, I've, I've heard, I've come across. There are several people, they've, they've said, God, I, in fact, people have come to church. They say, oh, pastor, I had a dream. I saw you in my dream. God said to me, this is my church. I say, oh, wow, you're welcome. And guess what? 
they get offended and they leave. Now, if God told you this is your church, and then you uproot yourself, ha, <laughs> I don't know how you explain it to him. <laughs> how are you going to explain it to him? Hmm? Or it's like somebody, you get married, then you wake up one day, you had a misunderstanding, and then it's over. You're a fool. That's foolish. Hmm? You were born into a family. You didn't have you how many people in your family you've had issues? Did you divorce your family? Did you say from now on I'm no longer part of this family? Why not? You solve the problem. Find a way to deal with it. If you can't see it, it doesn't mean there's no way. There is a way. Hallelujah. But we're living in a time that people don't even care about the will of God. Like when I told somebody, oh, well, God said we must go to Midran, we must do this. And it's like, no, but it doesn't make sense. Who cares about your sense? Who am I going to account to when I stand before the Lord? Will I account to my sense or to God? So far as God's will is clear to me, that is what I will do. And until he speaks, I'm not going to move. Hello? Yeah. So if there are issues, let's solve the, those issues. Let's deal with them. Yes? If, 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 if your sibling, you have sibling rivalry, do you now be, begin to say, okay, fine, you are no more my sister, you are no more my brother? No, you don't do that. So why do we do that in church? <laughs> you want to hear what is, your ear is itching for something else. Your ear is itching to hear certain things. Yeah, and there are some people that I believe their destiny is tied to us. And they can do whatever. They can go wherever. We'll just leave them. God knows <laughs> at the end of the day. But I know that there are some people that what I'm saying is what they need. They might not like it. But that's what will help them <laughs> to become who they should be. Yes? Yeah. So God is working, but I want to bring to your attention what He's doing. He's speaking in dreams. He's speaking in vision. He's speaking through prophecy. He's speaking through His Word. Hallelujah. He's speaking. There are different ways He speaks. But you need to be open. Say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me, Lord Jesus. We need to hear from you. Hallelujah. We need to begin to trust him. Begin to pray for him to speak. Say, Lord, speak to me. Ask him to speak to you. Many of us are comfortable living life without hearing God. Yeah. No desire to hear God. No desire for His Word. No desire for His will. 
Just think and do. That's all. And there's a place for that. But let me tell you, if you don't seek, you will not find. If you don't seek, you will not find. If you don't ask, you will not receive. If you don't knock, the door will not be open to you. So you need to begin to seek God. This is the generation. This is Jacob. The generation of those that seek God. We will seek God. We will seek God. We will seek His face. We will seek His face. Because in His face... There are visions. In his face, there are dreams. In his face, you hear his voice. In his face is everything. So we will seek God. More than runs and sense. We will seek God more than the comforts of life. We will seek God more than any other thing. Because when we find him, we will discover we found everything. If you have God, you have everything. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.